The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. I'm JJ, he's Keith, and it's been another great week to be a Yankee fan. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, we're excited to be here. Keith, how you doing today on this beautiful Tuesday? Bang, bang, guardy gang. I'm good, bro. Happy to be here, ready to talk about what we talk about every single week. I mean, as I start pretty much every episode, it's been a good week to be a Yankee fan. We've seen some things happen. We, we saw a split. We'll talk about it. We finish off the Orioles. We'll talk about it. We got a big week out west. We'll talk about it. I'll be sleeping through most of those games. We won't talk too much about that. But let's kick things off because I think Keith's a little mad at the internet, a little mad online. The uh, Major League Baseball power rankings from MLB.com have come out. And uh, I'll just go through it from, uh, from five to one. Number five, the Braves. Last week, they were ranked fifth. Number four, the Twins getting hot again. They were ranked sixth a week ago. Number three, your 2019 World Series champion, New York Yankees. They were three last week. The Astros are number two. They used to be number one. And the Dodgers are number two, uh, or number one, they used to be number two. So right now, according to MLB.com, the New York Yankees, who will be winning the 2019 World Series, are the number three ranked team in baseball. Despite sweeping the shit out of the Orioles this week, despite splitting two against a Cleveland team, and really just losing kind of weird games uh, with starters who won't start in the playoffs, but Keith, how do you feel about being number three? It's bullshit, bro. Fucking MLB is nut hugging the Dodgers and the Astros because they 
low-key want the Dodgers and Astros in the World Series, and they basically gave them, uh, you know, the World Series at the deadline when the Astros made that move. I'm not feeling it, bro. We got the best record in baseball, and we just split with the Indians, and we had to play the Indians and the umpires, and the Indians are red hot right now. If people look up the Indians' record in the last two months, they have one of the best records in the last two months. I, I, months. I think they had something like um, – only 17 losses in the last two months. Like they, they have one of the best records in baseball. That's how they passed the twins. They're really hot right now. And we had to compete against them and Phil Cousy and his crew. And we still split against them. So our best record in baseball doesn't matter. Um, MLB is clearly against us. It's 29 teams versus us. And I don't even care about power rankings from the rest of the way out. Like they don't want to hand over the respect. We'll take it. Do you think this is MLB or do you think this is just Allison Footer? Like, what do you think the like? Like, she's the writer who publishes these articles every week. But like, I am curious because I don't think just one person gets to decide no, this. I think it's the social team. I think it's a, like the digital team, uh, the writers. They all have to sign off before this goes out. And you know what they're gonna say? Oh, the Yankees beat up on the Orioles. So what? We don't we don't pick who's on the schedule. We didn't want the bum ass Orioles in our division. It just happens that they're a triple A club in the fucking AL East. But we still did work against them. We're 17 and 2 against them. Give us our credit for that. And like I said, the Indians, like to try and beat the Indians and have to deal with the terrible strike zone and umps that have it out for you, and we still split the series. Like, give us our respect, yo. I, I just know that there's uh there's people in the MLB offices that don't want to crown us right now, don't want to give us that respect. And, you know, they, they don't like what we're doing with, uh, you know, Guardy beating his bat on the dugout, the savages in the box, guys arguing balls and strikes. But, hey, it is what it is. I, I'm fine with it. Um, keep your rankings, MLB. We'll see what the rankings are two months from now. So I think in terms of – these power rankings, like I, I don't really care about them because I think at the end of the year when we're at a parade, you know, we'll get the last laugh. But at the same time, I think MLB. So everyone says like MLB is out to get us. And I think what we have to remember is that MLB and the MLB's Umpire Association are two separate things, two very separate things, because it'd be the same saying the umpires and MLB are the same is the same as saying the players and MLB are the same. Um, I think MLB wants Yankees Dodgers. I mean, that's the moneymaker right there. If you can't get Cubs, you get Yankees Dodgers. That's the moneymaker. You've got the entire nation watching. You're covering all the time zones. So I think that's what they want. As far as, you know, the schedule, like you said, we don't make the schedule. We just show up and play it. I do think that the umpires at a certain point I don't think it's for the whole season. I don't think everyone's saying, hey, let's go out and, you know, screw the Yankees. But I think that it is very possible for us to get under an umpiring crew's skin for a series and have to pay that price for the entire series, whether it's three games, two games, four games. And I think that did happen from Saturday to Sunday this weekend. Um, and kind of losing two games to the twin to the Indians is kind of tough because you know, they are a good team. They're someone that we're going to see. But I, do, I don't understand. The Astros are in a slide right now. They've got injuries piling up. And the Dodgers, yeah. like you said, they had gone last week. They went three and three. 
Right. The Dodgers lost a series to the Braves, who they'll probably see in the postseason. And then the Astros lost like five in a row. And they're four and six in their last 10 or something like that. Like, like, come on, yo. Uh, let's just be for real. We're the best team in baseball. We have the best record in baseball. Give us the number one spot. But if you don't, I look at it, I look at it like you're trolling and there's some other agenda here. And I know, trust me, I know. When I was in the fan cave in 2014, the first people picked for the fan cave were the Yankee fan and the Dodger fan. I was told that by one of the security guys. And we used to hear five years ago that the dream was coast versus coast, Dodgers versus Yankees. And we're getting very close to that dream. This weekend, we're going to get a preview of that dream. But you can throw these rankings out the window as far as I'm concerned because they're just they're just BS. They're bogus. How much do you think the security guard had to do with the casting? <laughs> he didn't have much to do with it. But uh, my man Martin, Martin will be with us at, in Dodger Stadium Friday. Um, he said he saw one of the like casting lists, and I think like 20,000 people tried on. to get in a fan Hold cave. on, hold on. I know you and the fan cave people fillet each other for something. That, you guys are like people who are at their high school, their five-year reunion. The security guards coming too? Martin is my man. Like, that's my homie. He he was with me in, in uh, Wrigley Field when I was in the bleachers behind Guardy when Guardy walked it off in 2017. Um, I was talking cash shit, and he was right next to me talking shit too. And trust me, nobody wanted any problems in the bleachers with us. Martin is the dude. So he's, uh, a, you, so he's a Yankee fan. He's, he's like a, a guy. Yankee he's a guy fan. from New York who's going, who happened huge to be Yankee in Chicago, happened to from be in New LA. York, 6'4", 200 something pound Dominican dude. He doesn't take any trash. He used to do security for like J Lo. He's been around. Um, he's been around some some popping celebrities, and he travels and goes to, to games. I've seen him at Yankee games that I was like, damn man, I didn't think about going to that game. But he has uh, rendezvoused with me in Chicago, and he'll be be uh, out there in LA. Friday, and he'll be sitting with me, Serena, and my fiance for game one of that. I, I can't wait. And Serena is the L.A. chick? Yeah. She was a Dodger fan that was selected. She's a season ticket holder. She's been for years. Her dad was, like, part of that, like, you know, the fans that watched the 88 World Series and brought her into that culture. And, like, she's lit out there. I think she's got, like, 5,000 Instagram followers. Like, she she's, like, known in the stadium. So I'm rolling with her. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. Um, so we could be as angry as we want about the current power rankings, but as it sits right now, the New York Yankees have the best record in baseball at 83 and 43. And they got there in part by beating the shit out of the Orioles. They went 17 and two this year. And it's one of those things. I know Scott, I was on the Bronx pinstripe show yesterday, filling in for Andrew because he doesn't really care about the listeners. And, um, <laughs> I, I know that Scott predicted at the beginning of the season, we're going to go 17 and two. And now that is one of those, like that's a bold statement. Cause if you think about yeah. it, you look at it on opening day. I tweeted when I saw that lineup, like if it wasn't for Chris Davis, I wouldn't even know what team this is. And <laughs> um, really you, you kind of say, you could say we should go 19 and 0 against this team, but it's hard to win games in Baltimore. We have a hard time, you know, really winning series down at Camden yards. But we finish it up going 17 and two against them. We won opening day. We lost then the next two games and then went on a 16 game streak. So 16 games of are the third longest streak for them in franchise history against one team uh, for the Orioles to lose. That's so embarrassing. 
The Yankees did unspeakable things to the Orioles. In those 19 games, we put up 151 runs or an (laughs) average of 7.9 per contest. And that's, surprisingly, only the second highest season run total by the Yankees. Uh, We did it two years ago against the Orioles. We put up 154. Uh, We hit 61 home runs, averaging 3.2 a game. And I can keep going on and on and on. We kicked the shit out of those guys. It was embarrassing. Yeah, the Orioles are trash, and they're like legendary trash. And I'll take it because (laughs) Glaber rewrote the record books on them, pads our stats. Those games are fun to watch, even though I think they're unhealthy for us. Like, I'm glad it's done because we got to face better competition. I'm glad that, like, now we don't ever see them for the rest of the season because – you know, you, you got to play guys that are of the level of what you're going to see in the postseason. That's what we're getting ready for. So these, you know, these like scrimmages against the Orioles do us no good. Um, they're a triple A level team. So 17 and two, man, props to Scott for calling that. Last year, he he predicted, I think we would go 19 and 0 against the Rays and we definitely didn't. So he bounced back this year with a, a good prediction for exactly what we did against the O's. And it's crazy because like now we're done playing them halfway through August and there's still a lot of season left. And we played them so much. Like, you know, I was at opening day. You were at opening day. I went down to Baltimore that first weekend series. And so it's like we've gone from Clint with multi-home run games until, like, he's been exiled. uh, And now, like, we're continuing to do it. And Glaber Torres, I mean, I wish – I hope he – kind of like in the movie The Water Boy when he just sees people who make fun of his mom. I hope in the playoffs Glaber just looks and says, (laughs) everyone's wearing (laughs) Orioles jerseys. Yeah, man. I hope he does too. And he's having a historic year. They don't see they don't give him his, his credit either. Um I don't know if we talked about it on a pod last week, but they didn't they didn't add him in the like twenty two and under crew and now like Tatis Jr.'s done for the year. You look at guys like Acuna getting benched in the Dodgers series. I'm like, yo, Glaber Torres is the truth. He's not just one of the best young players in the league, he's one of the best players in the league, period. It's crazy and i do love that the the thing that everyone just keeps saying like every time he does something is and he's 22 like that's just he's 22 years he's 22 until december he's a 22 year old kid like i was such a jerk off at 22 um like i couldn't imagine handling like this stage of things no i in 22 i was still in college i think i had dropped out of college and then had to go back to college because I didn't I didn't graduate till I was 23. But at 22, I was just like, man, I'm done with this shit. Yeah, <laughs> I can't I can't imagine how professional Glaber Torres is and how focused he is and how much he leads. And like, I, I forget who it was that was talking about him. And they're like, he gets his a swing off a lot. Like he's smacking the ball. He's like he's so locked in. And even in the Indian series, you know, we saw the, the debut of uh you know, what is it, goggles Glaber, glasses Glaber? Like, now is, is his vision getting better? Like, he's going to be a problem. I pray that he keeps it up for the postseason because if he can do this in the postseason, he'll be a legend forever. He's already a legend. This is how but, I know I'm getting old because he's wearing these clear glasses, like, just for fashion. And that's yeah. what he said. And I'm just like, what the – you don't need fucking fashion on your face in a baseball game. I remember – He's a kid. I, I was in, like, <laughs> high school. I wanted to get reading glasses – that like just had plain glass because I don't need glasses. Just for a look. And I remember my dad was just like, why the fuck would you do that? Why would you put glass in front of your eyes that you don't (laughs) need? 
And like I'm trying to look cool, Dad. Yeah. Um. So I I had to wait till I got to college to get them because at that time like Amazon didn't exist, so I couldn't just like buy it. Um. And that's yeah. what I did. I saw him. I was like, well, why? First, I was like, what's wrong? Like, what happened to his eyes? Does he have astigmatism? Even though I don't know what astigmatism is, but it's just an eye word. And then I, when I heard it was just fashion, I was just like, oh, I'm going to be a grumpy old man now. Just for the look. They were available to him. So he's like, I'll try these on. And, hey, I like the way, you know, glasses Glaber, goggles Glaber looked. I don't know if he's going to keep that going or if that's a thing or not, but he mashed with them on. So I'm fine with it. But when does he not mash? It's true. Um, so, listen, the Orioles, they're done. They're dead. We'll see them for their opening day next year and, that you know, March 20. 20- sixth so we'll be there for their opening day and that weekend I, I personally won't be there but the yankees will be there uh for yo before we get into that i just occurred to didn't the orioles take the opening series from us yeah yeah we won opening day and then they won two and then they lost 16 <laughs> in a row and i guess that was a like reality check uh i guess that put a because i don't know i went down to baltimore and like i have a whole crew in baltimore because i've been going down there for years so i have a whole crew of guys who i'm cool with who are orioles fans and we had some yankee fans and i go to pickles and we set up a thing there and we had just lost two games in a row and then we won the friday night i forget what happened and then it's a saturday game so now we're two and two on the season and we were down and then clint hit like a three-run bomb in like the eighth inning. So I had all these Orioles fans talking shit to me. And really, Clint turned around our series against the Orioles. Thanks, Clint. Hope Scranton life is cool, bro. Maybe see you soon. Maybe not. We'll see. Hopefully. God willing. One day. Um, So, yeah, the Orioles stink. I'm done with them. We're starting to play teams that are possibly going to be in the playoffs. And we started off with the Cleveland Indians. So... We're also at the same time, and I think there's another thing that wasn't factored into those power rankings, is we were completing 19 games in 17 days, yeah. which does not happen yeah. in Major League Baseball. Marathon. That is Dude. a high school travel team schedule of just like doubleheaders piling up, and there's even off days in there. Um, I would actually rather – so the Yankees had two doubleheaders in that thing. Would you rather they had a third doubleheader somewhere in there if they got an off day in the middle? I think I probably would. Yeah, but I, I mean, it didn't matter. What was our record? Like, I mean, it didn't matter. I, um, I think we went 15 and four. I'll take that every single time. If you're looking at that many games and you're going to win 15 out of 19. In 17 days. Yeah, against anybody in the league. I don't care who it is. Like, I'll take that every single time. It's crazy. And so the Cleveland... Uh, schedule started off shaky chad green in there is the opener he gives up five runs in the first inning a grand slam a kipnis home run we end up with uh ford pitching uh we end (laughs) up you know afterwards boone saying there should be a mercy rule it's one of those things where it's tough i I can't get upset because we're so far ahead that I i have a hard time getting upset i trust these guys as professionals to work things out as we head towards the playoffs but when you see Chad Green, who had been so good in this starter role, give up yeah. those runs, you're like, fuck, we don't have that constant. Like, we had won, like, nine games in a row that he had started. Like, you kind of want that constant. It's part of that baseball superstition. Even though he's not really factoring too much into the game, he gives us that first inning, we win. That's a thing that I know. So to see him go out there and give up those runs is tough. But then you just see the rest of the team. Like, no one can get out. 
we're not producing runs. And it's one of those things that I just chalk up to the baseball gods of like, yep. Everyone was just off that day. Everyone was off except for yeah. Ford in the, you know, eighth inning who got, who got out of there clean without giving up a run. Everyone's given up runs. You see a fat guy out there on the mound, just slim thick, Mike Ford, just, you know, having some fun. I tried to find a way to laugh it off. Yeah. That game got away from us quickly. And, uh, I changed the channel and started watching some NFL preseason because once Chad didn't get get through the first, I was like, okay, well, damn, the streak is over for him, and that's bound to happen. That's baseball, Susan. And then also getting blown out. Every team in Major League Baseball gets blown out like that at least once a year. It's just one of those like funky, weird things. Like you say, you chalk it up to the baseball gods. It's like, whoop, that game got away from us. Like, There's nothing you can do about it. That's how I know also that we have a bunch of Yankee fans, especially on Yankees Twitter, that are like new fans, like 2017 and beyond fans. Because I'm like, if you watch baseball, that happens to everybody. Even on that same night, the Dodgers got beat by the Marlins 13-7. Like, it's going to happen. It's just literally going to happen. It's it's pitching. It's hitting. It's a hot team. It's whatever it is. So, um, I mean, I, I think Chad is fine. I think that, hey, if that had to happen to Chad, I'd rather it happen to Chad in August and not in a postseason game or in a game closer to the postseason, um, it's fine. Like we we responded pretty well the next day, and I literally like I literally went to that game the next day, knowing like, oh, it's not about to be a nineteen five game tonight. Like, yeah, I mean, good. Chad Green gives up five runs, Johnny Lasagna with four runs, uh, Adams gives up five runs, Nestor he sucks, N- Nestor no runs, one third of an inning, so good for him. And Mike Ford went out there and had some fun. You just gotta let it go, let it you know run down your back, and then you're and then you're fine. Come out Friday, and Tanaka was Tanaka, which is yes. good. Like he gave us that eight innings, and it's like that's great. Like I'd love for him to start a game in the playoffs and give us eight innings, you know, shut out whatever it is. But let's be realistic. If you can give me. Two runs off like wall wall scraper home runs to right field over six and a third innings and then hand it to this bullpen. Like that I'll I'll take the shit out of that and win a three two game. Yeah, man. Uh that game was so much fun Friday. I like I couldn't get over it the whole weekend. Um from the pregame stuff, like yes invited me to do the buzz in the Bronx thing. And uh for people listening, if you go on, I think yesnetwork.com slash subscribe, like they're doing some promotion where when they do it again, like you can get in it. And it was just uh, Cone and O'Neal outside the stadium with this like makeshift barber shop, and it was just awesome. Like I loved everything about that, and the energy outside was amazing. Ran into one of George's boxers. When we have more fans, we'll talk about George's boxers. Joe Blow on Twitter, you know he he rolls up on me. He's like, "Yo, man, like can we take a pic." I'm like, "Of course." And then like that triggered other people to say like, "Hey, who are you? What do you do?" And I was with you know Joe's McFly, Davy Cut, some other guys in it. And when we went into the game. Uh, the atmosphere on that Friday night was it was like a postseason atmosphere. I think after you get smoked like that by a good team on Thursday night, you go in with Tanaka on the mound, and there was like I don't know if it was angst or you know you could just feel the intensity that like everybody was like ready for us to respond, and we did. Um, I bounced around that whole stadium. I I made my rounds. I, I almost got I almost level. got motion sickness like seeing your you were in a different <laughs> place. It was like, yeah. I don't know. I was it was like you were teleporting. 400, like 412. 
I was in 223 with my Yes Network ticket. Then I was in 128 with my boys from Ocean. And then I was in 203 with um, the La Bodega crew, the Bleacher Creatures. So, like, I just, I don't know. It was great to move around and see how people were were, were feeling. And uh, I loved it. That was a great win. Um, and everybody was on the same thing. Like, like that game, that game didn't matter Thursday night. Like, we responded. And it's almost like you bait them in, right? You, you have a 19-5 game. And then... They're thinking, oh, you know, we got the Yankees. Like, we kicked their ass the night before. And then they come in confident, and then you you squeeze a tight game from them. Like, no, this is more uh, close to reality. Like, we're, we're not going to get ran over by these guys. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a more realistic representation of what we're, like, what we would see for the playoffs, which is Tanaka going out there, like a real starter going out there. Let me ask you, for the playoffs, where – would you put what would your rotation be for the playoffs let's say we're going to the playoffs and severino i will tell you severino is back but he's got like 80 pitches in him so i know we got to be careful with sevi and i don't i don't, i, I want to see what his his uh rehab stuff looks like but he'll come back funny, at like 50 to 60 pitches and then you'll try to add 10 to 15 every start um, or every appearance. So let's say that he can get back for the playoffs and he's got 75 pitches in him. Okay. And we're, and we're considering him as a sure option. You don't, you don't him. have to, you don't have to put him as a starter. You can put okay. whoever you want. What is your four man who's starting, who's starting game one of the playoffs. If, uh, if you, you get to decide today, I'm going to ask you games one, two, three, and four. So what is your order earlier in the year on this podcast? We talked about Mingo and I was like, Mingo would be my game one starter for sure. And then I was thinking about Seve coming back and being game two. And we were like, oh, wait, you know, innings limit. He's not going to be able to go. But Brian Cashman has already come out and said it in October. There is there is no innings limit. And he said he feels strong. He's ready to go. So, honestly, I'm rolling Mingo out there game one. Um, Sunday night baseball in L.A. this week is going to be Mingo versus Kershaw, I think. And that's going to be awesome. So, game one, I'm rolling Mingo out there just because he's he's been the guy. Uh, he's got the, you know, I think the best record in, in the AL. And, you know, we've, we've won games behind him. Um, if Sevi is ready to go, I don't know. So game two, I'd actually say Tanaka because Tanaka's finding it now. And I love that he's, he's changed the, the grip on the splitter. And this is the perfect time for him to get a few more starts before the postseason to really, like, master that or, or, or like, you know, just, like, keep doing the same things he's been doing. So I'm going Mingo. I'm going Tanaka. Game three, um, assuming we win the first two, or even if we split the first two, I, I'd roll Sevy out there for game three. Um, game four, I guess you got to go with the big maple, the acquisition that we made this offseason. Uh, I know people are talking about the opener with him because of his struggles uh, to start the game. But, I, I mean, I, I feel like he'll find it and he'll be all right. I'm interested to see what he does in L.A. Um, I have no interest in seeing Hat pitch. I have no interest in seeing CC pitch. To, to open a game or start a game in the postseason. Um, so I'm going Mingo, Tanaka, Sevi, Paxton. And then if, you know, game five, Chad, Nestor, whatever it is. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty similar. So I'm going to Mingo because I like, I'd rather see him with the pressure of starting game one of a playoff series than starting game two down 0-1. Like, yes. I don't want the season to come down on him because he's like, he's super young. So then yeah. I would go Tanaka 
because I own Tanaka is the only person I trust if I if we lose game one. Like it used to be CC. Like we lose the game, throw yeah. CC in there. Bounce back. Yep. CC cannot CC Sabathia cannot be no, on this dude. playoff roster. No, he took a dump on the mound this weekend and I was just like, fuck. It like it like didn't help that Phil Cousy had it out from him the day before where he threw CC out for wailing his arms and yelling. And then CC just no, I no, I'm scared about him pitching against the Dodgers Saturday. I'm like, I might not go to that game if CC's gonna roll his fat ass out there. And I love CC, no disrespect, because he's Hall of Famer. He's done a lot for us, but at this point in the season, he, he is just more of a mascot. It. He is more of a symbol. He is more of just the the big veteran in the clubhouse. He's not the big dog on the mound anymore. So I said this on uh, the podcast yesterday with Scott that. Even when it comes down to it, like some people were like, well, maybe you put CeCe in the bullpen because he's a veteran. I don't think CeCe is useful at all in the bullpen. With the bullpen we have, we have enough arms. I'd rather him not on the roster and physically in the dugout than physically in the bullpen because the way he can motivate the team, you know, he could be a little bit of a problem at times, but the way he can motivate the team. So I go uh, Domingo, Tanaka. I So... Here's the thing. I want to see them try the opener with Paxton. And I get it. He's a starter. He's got his, the way he goes about things or whatever before a game. And I get it. He still has to throw a first inning at some point. But why not just try it? Because we have this like 10 game buffer. Why not throw someone out there, whether it's Chad Green or another guy who I think would be good, who's been doing this role in the minor leagues? and I brought him up maybe like two weeks ago, is Ben Heller. Ben Heller, we mm-hmm. got him in the Clint trade. He throws 100 miles an hour. He's coming back off Tommy John. He's opened four games for the um, for AAA. He's given up no runs. He's faced 17 batters, given up 10, two hits. So, yeah, like, let's bring him in as an opener, possibly. Let him open a game before Paxton. Like, he's opened in front of Garcia in AAA, so, like, these guys can adjust. Let's give that a try one, maybe two times. Just see how Paxton handles it. Like, because I don't think it's physical. I don't think his knees bothering him. I think it's a mental thing right now. And if we can eliminate that mental thing, figure out for the long term yeah. in the offseason when I don't give a shit. But right now, we're so close to this World Series. Go out there and win me that World Series. So I do think, regardless, I, I think it would depend how Sevy looks coming back, but I'd probably go Paxton and then Sevy. Because I feel like, and it depends on how he looks, but I, I kind of trust him. I, I'm building in safety for the fact that we do have a shaky rotation. And one of these guys yeah. go out there and get shell, shelled, who's going to be that stopper? And I trust Sevy to be a stopper more than I trust Paxson. Absolutely. And that's not knowing anything about what Sevy is this year, going off of what he's been. That's me watching four that- pitches in a gif. To an assistant hitting coach. <laughs> yeah, that's me watching him face um, Tyler Wade and, and our hitting coach. And, like, whoever else was up there. I'm, everyone was getting juiced off that. The first episode of this podcast was, is Yankees Twitter too sexy? A lot of people I saw, like, oh, this turns me on. Oh, boner time. This is getting me horny watching Sevy <laughs> face batters at Yankee Stadium. Fuck I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> Panful of bone. I'm like, hey, go for it. If this is getting you guys off. I'm not all the way there, but I am excited. Well, as we've learned, nothing on the internet gets you off. Um, no, I don't. So <laughs> I on don't. Saturday, 
Paxton goes out there, has his first inning, gives up two runs on 30 pitches, and then he settles down. So it like further, and it's just an experimentation. Just say, hey, maybe it's something mental. Go out there. If he goes out there, shits the bed in the second inning, and then is fine, then clearly like, I don't know, we need to get a psychologist or psychiatrist or something. Yeah, then it's all in his head. But the, I, we have time to experiment. We should do we should do this sooner rather than later. We should not the experiment should start in the next four or five weeks. It shouldn't start in October. Yeah, no, I wanted to see I've wanted for probably like three weeks to see a two man I wanted to see a week of a two man opener rotation. Just boom. Right. Every other day you're going out there and throwing in an inning. See how long that can go. But the story of Saturday was not the game. The Yankees win. It is the ejections. And it's the Savages versus the umpires. It is really, it's everyone versus the umpires because we're seeing bad calls around baseball. It impacts us, so we care more about it. We care about, you know, what's at home. But we keep getting sandbagged with these minor league umpires that they keep calling up. So I don't know if it's the stage. I don't know what it is because all the stats that I talked about like a month ago show that as you get older, you tend to be worse at calling balls and strikes and the younger guys are doing a good job. But we're getting these rookie umpires and maybe it's the stage. Maybe it's the pressure. Maybe it's the heat. But they're not getting the job done. Obviously, we see Boone go nuts again to motivate the team. We see Gardner start banging the bat. Phil Cuzzy, and it's Cuzzy, not Cousy. We're not putting a beer in him. Although the way I don't give a fuck what his name is. I'll fight him. I don't care about how to pronounce his name. He's trash. I wish I never heard his name. I wish I didn't know who he was. So he comes over the dugout and throws Gardner out, and he's the first base umpire. And then obviously CeCe loses his shit um, and is kind of, you know, he's that the mascot. He's the, that motivator that we've wanted. And so those three guys get thrown out. We go on to win the game, but it opens up the broader discussion, which was Brett Gardner in the bat thing, banging the bat. I think he has to stop doing it. He did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he didn't do it Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I think, and they said him and Boone had a conversation about it. Um, I loved the fact that when they did the roll call, he, he did the motion of banging his bat, and then he did his strong his strongman flex. I'm like, yo, like just the fact that he's acknowledging like like that's a thing, and then like <laughs> Judge gets a hit and he's on second base, air banging a bat. Even if Gardner never does the bat thing again, which he probably won't because he's got a target on his back and a guy like Phil Cuzzy is imitating him before he threw threw Gardner out. He's like imitating him, showing the bat motion and he goes, you're out of here and and throws him out. Okay, so then we won't do that. But it's going to be a rallying cry. It's going to be like a, you know, like the the thumbs down or the four fingers. And I I love it. There's a bunch of T-shirts being made around it. And I think it's hilarious. Um, hashtag let Brett bang. I started saying bang, bang, Gardy gang. Like who would have thought that 35-year-old Brett Gardner banging his bat on anything in the dugout would become this much of a thing? I mean, I think it's a good motivator. If that's going to be the thing that they're going to do when they kind of get, you know, when they get on base, that's great, whatever the rallying call is. But I think when we look at it from a, a bigger point of view, it's, it's childish. To go in the dugout as an adult, sure. slam your, you know, slam that. It, we, I, yeah, we can all agree on that. Then, 
to get ejected. And it's again that he's getting ejected when Judge is trying to get a day off. And so now Judge has to come in the yeah, game. Bro. We're trying to get him. He's got this huge frame. He's got the oblique injury that maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's not. I think he's just like his timing's off. We're trying to just get him a day of rest. And now he's got to come in the game. And especially when it's something like that, when he's coming in and he's not used to coming in midway through a game, he's used to going out, doing whatever he does pregame, running in the outfield, stretching. We've all been there before first pitch. We see them all out there in the outfield stretching. Now he's not getting that. Like, yeah, he's done that before the game. He's got a workout in for the day. He's a pro athlete. But this is the same way we see pitchers who are also professional athletes come up limp, you know, trying to run the, from first to second in an interleague game. You know, it, it's putting more at risk. And so I've said I would rather, because we all have access to the box and seeing where the, the balls and strikes are, yo, just get everyone to pass the hat and stand in front of your locker gardener and say, this guy fucking sucks. Yeah. Look how many calls he missed. Could you imagine being that bad at your job? Just say to the reporters, like, whatever the percentage is, you can get the percentage and say, you know, he missed 15% of ball and strike calls today. Imagine you got you misspelled 15% of the words in your articles that you're going to write tonight. That resonates <laughs> with the people who are watching it. And yeah, there's maybe a $25,000 fine, but it then puts pressure on the league because the league has a collective bargaining agreement with the umpires. So they can't just say like the league can't just say, hey, this was bad this year. So like you guys have to change the way you do things because the umpires association can say, no, we're not going to until their CBA is up. So this puts more pressure on everyone. Yes, it does put more of a target on Gardner's back, possibly. But at the same time, it's going to be watched with a microscope. I think if you force him, like, if you said to me, Jack, I'm going to kill you, and then I call the police and say, hey, this guy said he's going to kill me, and I turn up dead, they're going right to you. So if he says, right. these guys suck, it feels like they're out to get me, and then they continue to make terrible calls, it's very obvious. Yeah, I like that idea. And I heard you even say, I think, on the Bronx Pinstripe show, like maybe the guys just throw the money together to cover the fine. Pass for the hat. Imagine like, them I, passing the hat and it's just got like 25 grand in it. Like, you know, you've been to parties or concerts. Of course. You know? That's nothing. But, That's nothing between the Yankees clubhouse. That's nothing. They 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 definitely have the 25,000 uh, 25, cash in there, like on them. <laughs> they can definitely pass How the much hat cash and, do you uh, think is in the Yankees clubhouse on any given day? Chapman alone has like 50,000 racks on him every time. <laughs> Chapman, is, Chapman is paid. He's coming in there. He strikes me as a Gucci, guy. Gucci, Louis, Fred, Fendi, Prada. Like Chapman's always got racks on I'm, him. Yeah, and then, I, I, he strikes me as someone who has like a guy who carries his money. Definitely. He, he's, got, he's got bags of money at the stadium just in case. And I'm saying that strictly because he's Cuban. Because like he, yeah, he just looks like, he, he looks like a from, Cuban he, like mob boss. Yeah, he came from nothing. But like he's also like, He's built this life out of nothing. So he definitely has a guy who carries his money versus like someone else would be like, oh, I just carry all this money myself like a fucking idiot. Yeah, they definitely have. They have at any time over $100,000 in the Yankee locker room. Um, what was I about to say, though? Yeah, I like your idea. I, got, I had a tweet that got some love because in the middle of the game um, Sunday, I was saying, man, I'm tired of this. It's nonsense. These guys got to be held accountable. I'd like to see them in front of a mic, you know. It's never going to happen, but I'd like an, an explanation for all the nonsense. How many balls and strikes are we going to watch? And now we're watching Boone back down. Now Boone is backing off. Hey, you got it because he doesn't want to get thrown out. He doesn't want to get players thrown out. We got guys that are hurt 
we can't afford to put Estrada in right field and then he plays outfield, has to run a little bit. He strains his hamstring running the first. Like it's it's putting our team at a disadvantage on top of the disadvantage we already have from the umps um, not calling the strike zone right. But I don't know. I'm what I'm hoping is this all goes away with this West Coast trip. We're not going to be in the Bronx. It can blow over the Savages in the box moment has, was now a month ago. Uh, I was at that game. I think it was the 18th. We're now past it. Hopefully, like this dies down. We move on. And it's a thing of the past, but it's something that's, you know, a laughable moment on the DVD. We look back at the DVD. We're like, yo, remember how nuts that month was in the summer between July 18th and August 18th with, you know, when we're trying to beef with the umps. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're, we're not brawling with teams. We're brawling with the umps. The umps have to band together to try and get some get back from the young umpire that Boone showed up. Like that was such a crazy, like perfect storm. It's like. Double header. It was quiet in the stadium, and the only reason that the whole world caught what went down on that field was because it was quiet in there, and the, and the mics were hot. Well, yeah, there's that's also a pat game. You don't catch all that. It's the ambient and look what mics. It's become. They, I think they've cut down on the ambient mics too, which is smart because you don't want people saying shit that they don't of, want. To get of out course, there. but you know what, man? I I know MLB on one side. They they try to suspend us and they try to crack down, and I don't give a fuck what Joe Torre has to say. But, like, they love it. They're in on it. It's making baseball popular. It's making people want to watch this. It's an, enter- it's an entertaining side of baseball that the casual fan doesn't know goes on until it goes viral. And now the casual Yankee fan is showing up to the Yankee clubhouse to buy a Savages in the Box shirt. I ran into um, a-, a guy from Twitter at the game, on the- that Monday game I-, I went to, and he was wearing... A MLB and Majestic branded Savage Savages in the Box shirt. And I was like, where'd you get that? He was like, like in the team store. I'm like, I thought that was just something that Bronx Pinstripes, Rotaware. Stop shouting out other companies. Only Bronx Pinstripes sells these shirts. You can only get them at BronxPinstripes.com. Everyone knows that everyone is making these shirts. You don't have to tell them. They're literally everywhere. You don't have to tell people where to go. (laughs) You can go to the Yankee Stadium team store and buy a savages in the box shirt i never thought that would be a thing what i'm saying is mlb is in on it they're profiting on it they're not that mad about it they like the fact that everyone is is oh savage effing savages wearing savages everyone is a yankee fan that's a yankee fan is behind this it's like i don't know it's just that extra little thing that major league baseball needed this year that's making baseball cool again you know that's what they've been trying to do for the last i don't know five ten years it's funny too because they're trying to reach this new younger audience and yet like a clip of him yelling my guys are fucking savages in that box is the baseball equivalent almost of like steph curry from like super downtown like you just give me that little clip on social it's like pulls people in it's just a mic'd up right yeah we don't mic up baseball players unless it's all-star weekend or whatever but when you catch that raw emotion on the mic it's like seeing NFL sound effects. It's like seeing the behind the scenes on the court. And I don't know. I it's it Boone has apologized for the choice of words. Which is smart. children or whatever. You have to do right. that. Right. And and he said he could have, you know, he could have been better about that. But everything organically happened beautifully. I love it. Like I'm fine with it. What I'm just hoping is that we get it settled now and it doesn't carry on because there's no way in hell we can have umps against us. And have to play the teams that we have to play in the postseason and expect to survive that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's on a bigger stage. Um, another thing that pissed me off was the head umpire 
had to a- answer his questions after the game. And right. every question he asked, he's go, oh, well, it wasn't me, so I don't know. And it's like, there's four of you fuckers. It's your crew. You sit, Speak for all of them. You sit in a small locker room, and it's the same as like if I did something at work and someone went to my boss and said, hey, why Jack do this? They're immediately, and he goes, oh, I don't know. That wasn't me who decided that. Like, well, then fuck it. It's not a good Figure it out. <laughs> so ho- that's your team. Hopefully it's over. I mean, it carried over till Sunday. Some of the, the strike zone wasn't good. I mean, you got Phil Cuzzy throwing out CC. Then CC comes off the IL and starts the next day. It doesn't help that he stinks. Um, it, it, but you know, the strike zone still not good. Aaron judges again, everything at his shoe tops is a strike. So yeah. And that, that sucks because like part of judges struggle this year is that he's going to the plate knowing that he's not getting a fair strike zone. And, and in the past judge had been such a gentleman up there and wouldn't show emotion. Now he's starting to show it a little bit. Like, come on, like, like this guy, this guy has to get out of his own head and deal with, you know, strikes being called on the top of his Adidas. Yeah. It's, it's impossible for him to, to get to those pitches and put on competitive at bats. Uh, we did see judge pull a double. So that's kind of nice, but listen, I'll take a split. Four games, the end of August, two of them started by guys who won't start in the playoffs. Possibly three of them started by guys who won't start in the playoffs. But we turn our attention now after an off day, and we're recording this on Saturday, on Tuesday evening because we're not going to record it at 2 in the morning after the first game against Oakland. But the Yankees are headed out west. We've got three games in Oakland against the 71-53 and 53 Oakland A's. We've got three in Los Angeles against the 82-44 and 44 Los Angeles Dodgers, and then three in Seattle against the 53 and 73 Mariners. They stink. Um, Oakland, they're a playoff team. Every year they find a way to be a playoff team. Uh, I'm not super worried about them in the playoffs because they can never really get over that hump. But I will say, or, you know, they're right outside. They're like a game back from being a playoff team, but they're a playoff caliber team. And really, from like August 20th, essentially, through the end of the year, is always Oakland's time to shine. Like, if they have 40 games left, they're going to win, like, 30 of them because it's just what they do. There's always, like, Oakland and maybe, like, one other team that surges out of nowhere. Like, you know, the Diamondbacks are four games out of a playoff spot now, and they'll find their way into it somehow. Something like that. But, you know, going to Oakland, it's a team we might see in the playoffs. It's a tough team. It's a shitty stadium. It's shitty facilities. Scott brought up yesterday, there are a lot of guys who are from the West Coast, who are back home. So they're doing like off-field appearances. CeCe's, you know, at schools this morning or yesterday morning. Like these guys, there's a chance of being distracted off the field, both from being home and from being in Los Angeles where everyone gets distracted. I don't want to care about these games. I want to be like we're 10 games up. But this Dodger series, if we end up with the same record as them at the end of the season, you want to have two out of three to get that home field advantage. You're headed. Yeah. You're heading out to LA. How do you feel getting ready to get on that plane? I am very like I don't know. I'm very concerned about these games. I'm very excited. I've been telling people. I'm like I don't think I've seen a regular season series hyped as much as I've seen like the hype for this. It's like the perfect time for these two teams to meet with the like best record in baseball. Both teams having almost a similar record and like. It's a collision course. Um, I just hope that we go in there and and don't get swept. Um, I'm hoping that we go and take two from the the A's. The A's are you know they're they're sneaky. You know they're 
They got some guys that can hit in their lineup. There's just um, not, there's nothing fun about going there because like the field, the stadium sucks, the facilities stink, and these guys of- just find a way to turn it on once like August fifteenth hits. Yeah, and they they have they have goofy ass fans that beat drums and wear face paint, and you can hear them and you can see them. And the Oakland Coliseum is the second worst stadium in baseball, next to Trashicana Field. So it's not like they're in the comfortable confines in Oakland. They share that place with the Oakland Raiders. Like, how do you put two franchises in one of the worst facilities in all professional sports? I'm gonna, I'm gonna way, miss seeing the Raiders have to play games on a baseball field. Nah, man, you know how lit Vegas is going to be? Like, I've never been to Vegas. I think I'll go to Vegas when the Raiders are out there. Like, that's going to that's gonna be sick. I'm, I, they should have they should have done this years ago. But um, back to us, back to Oakland, back to the A's. I'm staying up tonight, took a nap, trying to watch this whole game. Homer Bailey, I hope we hit 10 homers off this guy tonight. Um, and I hope we handle business. I know there are guys like Judge from out there, CeCe from out there. Is Giancarlo from out there? Because he's uh, on he, the flight. Yeah, yeah no, because do you know who um, – did you see that uh, movie? Do you know who the actor is, Jimmy Tatro or Tetro? Yes. Him and Giancarlo Stanton went to high school together. Oh, yeah. I, I heard him on a podcast, and they were like, you went to the same high school as Stanton. And he was just like, yeah, he like transferred in and was just like the best athlete in the world. And like of course. literally the day he showed up to school, everyone – I think – Jimmy's like two years younger than him. He was like, we were just waiting to watch him do everything. Play sports. Yeah. yeah. I think Romine's from California. Uh, I don't know. Either way, I just hope, like, it's tough. You take that flight across the country. Like you say, the guys are doing things. I hope that we don't take this West Coast trip and then just, like, fall apart, which I don't think we, we're going to do. Our team is too good for that. I hope it raises their spirits. I hope we see Judge. Like, get that California air. He said something like he wants that fresh California air. Get that air, bro, and be yourself again. Um, This Dodger series, I'm going to the Friday night game. I'm going to the Sunday night game. I'm still working on Saturday tickets. And I was going to skip the Saturday game, but then I'm like. You're out there. You got it. Yeah, if you're out there. you like. But the way the games are set up, dude, it's like there's the night game at, like, 7. And then you got to get up and turn around. Like, because we're going to go. We're going to drink. We're going to party. Then you got to turn around and get up the next day to be at the one o'clock. And the way LA is set up, you can't just you can't just get off the the four train and be at the stadium. You have to drive up to the stadium, and the traffic is nuts. You have so to you, get a better. You have to get a prostitute so you can get in the uh, commuter lane, the HOV lane. Yeah, I mean we'll have people with us, but I'm saying like you can't show up to the game an hour before first pitch. So the way the games are set up, like I'm gonna land, I'm gonna chill, but then I'm going to the Friday night game, party, go to sleep, wake up, go right back to the stadium. Go through whatever, and then there's like a 405 Sunday night game, um, which will be 705 out here. But I want to see all of them because I don't think we get swept, but I don't know which one we win. And whichever one we win, I want to be at in that glory, feeling what it feels like to beat the Dodgers in Dodger Stadium and, you know, talking shit to their fans. Let me give you two fun facts. One, the Los Angeles Dodgers are the only Major League Baseball team to never play a regular season game in the old Yankee Stadium. I, I didn't know that. That's the, the way the interleague, when it started, worked. Everyone else got to the Bronx except for them. Two, I made that hooker HOV lane joke. Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, yeah. I see that. Did that in an episode. <laughs> that is one of the best episodes. And that episode is actually, like, another reason why I love Dodger Stadium. And then, like, if you ever saw that. 
there was like a little documentary on the on murder. A guy. Yes. yes. So there was a and, guy who was at that game and someone got murdered and he got like pointed at for it, and he was like, well, I was there. I was at the Dodger game and they were like, you've got yep. no proof. You just have your daughter who's like this is four. before cell phones, cell phone towers, Instagram stories yeah, didn't and- have it. And then he was going to go to jail and someone like mentioned like, oh, yeah, like they happened to be filming something there. Like he remembered seeing cameras. So his lawyer went through. There were like six things of like tape, and it was in the last yep. one. There was a stationary camera where this guy happened to walk by. So that episode like saved a guy's life. Amazing. And right, like I said, uh, I've been to Dodger Stadium before, but little things like that. And then even growing up, I don't know, when I was a kid, you know, you play the show and or you play home run derby and you pick what stadium you want to play in. A lot of times I would pick Dodger Stadium. It's just got that look. And um, I don't play those stadiums. I don't do them. I don't like that stadium. I don't like Oakland because I just feel like they're bigger. And I know the dimensions are like kind of this, the, the dimensions are similar. You know, at all, you know, there is like the short portion right field and the green monster. It's something yeah. visual about there not really being too much of a background there that always made it feel bigger like if you're playing basketball outside versus in a gym when you're like you get that depth perception yeah dodger stadium is sick and they're doing this ridiculous renovation before the all-star game next year before the season next year so i'm going out there now and then i plan on going to all-star game next year and they're like putting a stage out there and um more bars and and food areas and all this stuff i saw in this article so i'm pumped for this uh i'm blessed to, to be able to like figure this out and go um, it's a big moment for the Yankees. It's a big moment for baseball. Um, where do you? I can't wait to pre-game? see it. Like, where will you be before the games? I, I roll with Serena. So, like, I know we go to the shortstop after the game, or you know, there's this place called Calle Olvera where we're gonna go Sunday to eat, like street. Olvera, so there are bars, like, because I don't know why. No, there really aren't any bars walking distance. Like, oh, okay. the shortstop is a good walk away from Dodger Stadium. Dodger Stadium is like out there and away from. Shit. That's what I thought. Um. But you can pregame and, and tailgate in the parking lot. I'm definitely going to, like, shoot some videos and, and, like, vlog some stuff and try and find some essays. And, you know, you know, they, you know the, uh, the Doyas, they got a lot of, uh, like, muchachos out there, Mexican fans. No disrespect to anyone. I don't think that was disrespectful. But, you know. I think you just threw, like, like three racial slangs and then said no disrespect. <laughs> go Doyas. The, oh, the go Dodgers. See, I didn't even know you were doing an accent there. Right. I was like, so, what's right. a good Doya? No, nah, go Dodgers! Like, like that's what they sound like when they say go go Dodgers. Hey, but, um, Pantone, Pantone two nine four, their like fan group equivalent to like Seven Line or the BP crew. Like their mob of fans is Pantone two nine four. And Serena told me because like I got a bone to pick with them. In twenty fifteen, they came to Yankee Stadium and they mobbed in the stadium, and there was nothing we could do about it. Literally, the Dodgers kicked our ass. They took over like I don't know, it was like Section one twenty eight. And like they they had that whole area of the hundred level, like even the like concessions take like taken over. Like no one could do anything about it. There no one in the Bronx stood a chance against the Pantoon two four nine crew. So I'm like, I want to see what they look like out there. I might roll up on their little barbecue tailgate. I'll watch my mouth because I can't beat all three hundred of them. But I just want to be in it and experience it and see you know what it looks like. It's the most hyped regular season baseball series in in years. I saw we've got some, uh, you know, we obviously went out to London, so we met some of the Yankee fans that are out there, and some are saying, like, they've got to get up at 3 a.m. to watch this game. And it, it yeah. got me thinking, <laughs> would you rather have the 10 o'clock starts that we have or the Europe 3 a.m. starts where, like, 
Maybe you go to bed early. Like you go to bed at like nine o'clock, sleep for six hours, get up at 3 a.m., or even get up at 4 a.m. Maybe you miss the first three innings. Watch, get ready for work, go to work versus staying up till God knows what time and then having to get up and go to work. I feel like Europe might be, uh, in this case, when they're on the West Coast, a more desirable setup. Not for me. 10 p.m., I'll take 10 p.m. every single time. 3 a.m., you should be asleep. There's really nothing that goes on at 3 a.m. I went home this weekend and partied and you know went to the bars, and then I went to visit the old strip club I used to DJ at. So I was out till like 3 Wait, what? in the morning. You used to uh, DJ yeah, I, at a strip club but don't watch porn? I'm, what a weird no, life. I exist. I exist differently in different realms, bro. I used to DJ at Centerfolds on the Asbury Circle in Monmouth County. I'm OG in there. Like, I was DJing in there from age 19 to, like, 25, and they love me in there. So after the bars on the shore on Asbury, like, like when they close down, the most people know this, though. Like, once the bars close at 2, you can slide to Centerfolds, BYOB. You can even bring a keg in there. You can even like, we've got their show I, and tell in Philly. Deep. I've I've been there. I've rolled in with a keg before. Yeah, so like you roll there if you're not ready to go home or you want to sober up or you want to keep drinking. I popped in the centerfolds and like that's the only thing alive at three in the morning. I'm not trying to watch a baseball game at three in the morning. These people in Europe, I I see them tweeting and talking about it. I feel bad for them. I, I said to the uh, the Yankees UK account. And, um, you know, I met that the dude that runs that and the one that, that runs the Astros UK account when I was uh, at the MLB UK meetup. And I don't know how they do it. Talk about dedication. Like, I love baseball, but, like, I can't physically keep my eyes open. Like, I don't know how they're going to do this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a tough one. I just hate these West Coast uh, trips. Um, I'm so hung up on this DJing at a strip club thing. Did you do the whole, like, and to the center stage. Like, did you do all yeah, that? Yeah, of course. I'd be like, Can um, you, yeah, give us one. I'd be like, uh, hey, fellas, make sure you keep your iPhones down. Make, make sure you keep your phones away. Uh, give it up right now. Give it up right now. Coming to the stage, we got the one and only Peaches. Hey, Peaches, shake something. And then I drop a beat. That's what's up. <laughs> I used to DJ in <laughs> I used college to kill too. it, man. I used to DJ in college too, and I wanted to be a strip club DJ. Bro, I stumbled upon it. I was wasted in there one night, and the DJ was terrible. And this is back when people had to DJ with CDs before Serato came out. And I used to burn CDs every day. Like, I'm talking like Kazaa, LimeWire, MP3 days. And I had just hundreds of CDs. And I talked so much shit to this DJ. And uh, the young lady that was managing at the time overheard me. And she's like, you think you could do better? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, we're actually looking for a DJ. When, when can you start? I'm like, what? She's like Sunday at one. So my first shift, oh, I show up for the Sunday. I show up for the D squad. Was there a buffet? <laughs> the, oh my yes, yeah. Fuck yeah, there's a buffet Sunday at one o'clock. <laughs> I've been to strip clubs. I know, bro. It was trash. It's like they have the like like cold mozzarella sticks and the like disgusting wings. Oh, so good, and the, like, so good. Strippers that like have every type of drug addiction, and some of them had like C sections. But like I, I got up there and I rocked and uh, my brother came and my one of my boys came and they threw some dollars for me at like four in the afternoon. I rocked from like 1 p.m. to like 10 p.m. on a Sunday. And she was like, all right, you got a job. And honestly, man, I made cash in there. Sometimes oh, yeah. there were some nights I walked out of there with a with thousand dollars. Like I would DJ from 7 p.m. to almost four in the morning. And what, what you do is the strippers, the tip girls, you, right? Yeah. The girls tip you out. So like, I'm not the, I'm not the worst looking guy. I made friends with a lot of the strippers and they told me what kind of music they like. And next thing you know, 
I'm rocking their set. They're making more money and they're getting off the stage. Like, here you go, baby, throwing me like 50 bucks, 60 bucks every time they come off the stage. Yeah, I used to uh, know this stripper in Florida, Paris. She was a big Prince fan. So she was always tipping out to hear Prince. <laughs> yeah. Ah, strip club food. I haven't had that in a while. Um, so, you know, my biggest concern kind of coming out of Oakland and L.A. is that we go in there and like maybe we win one series, we lose the other. Maybe we go two and one and two and one and win both of them. I'm worried, similar to when we had the earlier in the season West Coast trip and we played a two game series against the Diamondbacks and just got like mopped because it's just yeah. like, let's just fucking get home. And I'm worried about that in a Seattle series where we should easily sweep them. I mean, I see nine games out there and we should win seven games. We should go seven and two on this. Yeah, I said on on Brian Hoke's tweet, I'd be fine with six and three. Yeah, I wouldn't. Two from, I'm not going to get upset like Yankees Twitter if we go six and three. You know, but right. I mean, but really, we should win seven because we should take um, two from the A's, two from the Dodgers, and then all three from the Mariners. But I don't know. It's it's going to be tough because right, like the week is going to pass, and then we. You know, the high of playing the Dodgers with like those tickets are sold out. Those tickets are nuts. Standing room only right now is 90 bucks. Um, so after the high of playing in Hollywood and all the glitz and the glamour of that, and then you go to Seattle and you play these guys, they're they're not going to have, I don't know, they might have like 55, 56 wins by the time we play them. You could line yourself up for a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, it's, you know, so. I don't know. I, I'm excited. I'm excited from the go. I'm excited from the get this over with. Like, just be done going to the yeah, West yeah. Coast. It's a it's a huge test, and um, you know, we all are thinking about the postseason and having the best record in baseball, and uh, it's a huge test right now. And I I hope we respond. I hope that this team carries the fire from you know let Guardy bang, and you know the team chemistry is fire right now. Like I I, I love it. So I hope we you know we just keep doing what we got to do. Yeah, um, I mean, and then we come home, we've got the A's back at home, and we've got a September where, you know, we go to Boston at one point. We play some bad teams, so we can really get right and kind of experiment as we head into uh, the postseason. But one big voice that came back last weekend and is now worried is Michael Kay. I don't know. I just kind of caught this quickly. I think we, we didn't really talk too much about Michael Kay last weekend. I don't want to talk about him a ton now, but uh, he did the two games over the weekend, and he said that his voice, and it's a weird thing you don't even really think about in the grand scheme of things, his voice has not responded well. So the plan is for him to go and do five games out west, uh, and then Ruko will take over for the Seattle series, and obviously Sunday Night Baseball is, is uh, A-Rod. So um, it's just a thing that, like, as we head into this, and I know Michael K isn't doing playoff games, you just want to kind of hear that voice as you're, like, yeah. ramping up. Like, you want to hear... We're hearing Seve's looking good. We're hearing Batantis is looking good. I want K to look good. Of course, man. I love Michael K. And uh, when I did the buzz in the Bronx with Cone and O'Neal, one of the questions was, who's your favorite Yes Network uh, commentator? Who's your, your favorite Yes Network personality? And almost everybody was like, Michael K. We miss Michael K. And it was Friday. And then Michael K. came back Saturday. And he's the voice of the Yankees. And he's been for a long time. And... Um, you know, it's just something different. A lot of people hate on Ruko for some reason. I like. I Ruko, thought uh, here's my biggest fear out of this whole Ruko thing is someone's going to throw him a ton of money to go somewhere else. If he wasn't as New York as he is, there were certain yeah. people. Ruko, John Justrensky. He's already with um. 
Yeah. They can't go anywhere else because like they're so New York. But I think right. I thought Ruko did a great job and was a great Me too. like it was a good change of pace. I mean, he's been good in the games that he's been that he's done, you know, when KA just has days off, like in recent years. But I think yeah. taking that on, like he, you know, he helped out with the Sterling too. Like he's really taken on yep. a lot for this team this year. Yeah, he did he did WFAN. He did yes. He killed it with the call for um uh, for Hicks game winning catch in Minnesota. Uh, I'm a I'm a Nets fan and I listen to R2C too. So like I'm used to hearing his voice and not just this year. It's been years that I've been listening to him and, and he's he's good. I don't know why people hate on him, but maybe I don't know. Maybe it's written on the wall. Maybe, you know, things don't last forever. Um, you know, these things change. Uh, even John Sterling was was sick for a little bit uh, after the London series and um there might be a change in the guard soon. I don't want to speak anything into existence, but you got to worry about your health first and, and nobody can work forever. Uh, father time catches us all. So, um, uh, I hope K is good. Um, I want him, this is a special season. and I want him to be exactly. a part of that and calling that, you know, I feel like, like, like it's only right for that. So I hope he does the things that he's got to do. He missed a lot of time. So if he's saying his voice didn't respond well, I don't like That doesn't really bode well for the future. And it's like six weeks at home of just not talking from what he said. Like, just really not talking to his wife, his kid. That's really tough. Like, it's tough mentally. You're kind of, you know, almost like they they say, like, you're in a coma or maybe the idea you're in a coma and you can hear everything that's going on, but you just can't move or talk or anything. It's kind of like that, but you can move around, but just got to be very frustrating. Yeah, I mean, this guy has been in, in TV and radio for years. He's on the radio every day. He's on TV every day. And then when he's not, you know, using his voice to call games he's still talking to people he's probably meeting a hundred new people a week and uh you know in meetings and um speaking to audiences and he's just always straining his vocal cords and hey like i don't know how old he is exactly i think he's like 50 something um gotta be cautious so prayers up for the caster so yeah hopefully hopefully he's good and he can pull through these and then get a couple days off uh but he'll be back on the radio soon um, other news when it comes to the injury report, it's starting to look good. We're starting to get excited and hopefully it doesn't get, you know, terrible again. Voight not doing surgery. Should be back in sometime in September. Edwin Encarnacion also says he'll be back sometime in mid September. Um, Giancarlo Stanton spoke with the media, uh, said he'll be back when his knee's ready. I've heard he's like 85% running, um, on a gravity free treadmill, it's weird. I think he, I still think Stanton comes back. I know you're done with him. I still think he comes back. I think one thing that becomes interesting with Voight and Edwin and Stanton is I said a couple weeks ago, we need Stanton to be back as a left fielder because we have DH covered. We have enough of that. But now, if only one of Edwin or Voight comes back, Stanton can just DH. So it kind of like opens up another possibility. And it's just, I'd rather have. I'd rather have Stanton in there taking at bats than a Mike Ford or some of the other guys we have. I know. Nah, man, we're rolling with Mike Talkman. Lefty bat, let him play left field. And then when Hicks comes back, Hicks can go to center. Guardy can slide to the left. Like, I know I, I've unsubscribed from Stanton because I'm afraid. I love John Carlos Stanton. This wall behind me, like I have I have John Carlos Stanton, the cup, the a bunch of stuff from, from Miami when I went, I love the guy. But like this year, I unsubscribed because I'm afraid that he'll come back and he can't be the the John Carlos Stanton we need, the MVP, the bopper. And the other side of that is him striking out or him sucking, and 
people are going to lose their minds. This year, look like this year is ridiculous for so many reasons with this team. The last thing I want is for him to come back and not play well and people just trash him from from now through the winter. I I don't want it to happen. I'm going to take Giancarlo Stanton over Mike Talkman and I'm the big, <laughs> and I'm the biggest Mike Talkman fan in the world and always have been. I don't know. Talkman even this uh past weekend, Talkman's hitting the ball. Yasiel Puig is just on everything, but like Talkman, I don't know. Talkman is ready. He's found he's found something similar to what Gio found this year. I, I like him. Like I said, lefty lefty bat up there. I, I don't mind Talkman being being in left field. He, I'm fine with him. Now. I I I like Mike Talkman. I love Mike Talkman. He's played great. He's playing great defense. If it's him or Giancarlo Stanton, I will murder Mike Talkman in front of his family for Giancarlo Stanton to be in that lineup come fucking October. No way, dude. Because if Talkman fails, oh, it's Mike Talkman. If G if if Giancarlo Stanton fails. It's, oh, he's a waste. The Yankees should have never signed him. Get him off the team in the offseason. I can't believe this guy missed the whole year and he's coming. Like, I I just, I don't see it, bro. I don't see him coming back. Like, when is he going to rehab and play and get up to speed to not strike out? When he's bad, he's bad. When he's bad, he's whiffing and he doesn't see the ball well. Like, when he's hot, he's hot. And it, it needs to be weeks for him to get hot. We cannot afford to put him in a postseason game with runners on first and second, two outs, and then he's striking out. No way. No way. I think same thing. Talkman gets out. It's like, well, why couldn't fucking Stanton be healthy? I don't know, man. I'm, we'll see. We're, we're about to find out yeah. soon. I'm, I am afraid, and that's why I say I unsubscribe. I don't care. Because we can do it without him. I, like, I, so I'm now I think the Yankees can 100% win without Giancarlo Stanton. I would rather they win with him. You know, of like course, I said, we supposed to be a we didn't go get a big pitcher. And I said, this team can still win the World Series. I would I'd like the big pitcher, you know. So, right. Who else we got? Seve threw 25 pitches off the mound Sunday to live batters. He did give up a hit to uh, like 45 year old uh, assistant hitting coach. But that's fine. Uh, <laughs> he looked good. He felt good. Batances thrown bullpens. He looks good. He feels good. Jordan Montgomery threw a sim game. Uh, so he's starting to make his way back. I don't know if he's going to factor in. It'd be nice. It'd be good to get him in a game and just have more options. I don't care if we use them. Mm-hmm. We don't have many uh, Hicks updates. And again, another injury. I'm telling you, Ben Heller. Keep an eye out for Ben Heller. Um, it's been a great week to be a Yankee fan. It's an exciting week to be a Yankee fan coming up. Uh, lastly, around the league, we talked a little bit about power rankings, but the boys are knocking the cover off the ball all over the league, Keith. Tell them about it. Yeah, and then see, now this goes back to Giancarlo Stanton, right? We've got Trout, Bellinger, Alonzo, and Yelich with 40 home runs going into the uh, third week of August. Trout is at 42 already from the last time I updated this doc. If Giancarlo Stanton was healthy this entire season, how many home runs would he potentially have with these juice balls, with guys like Pete Alonzo's doofy ass hitting 40 home runs? Like, John Carlos Stanton would have 45 home runs, right? We think. So, I don't know. I'm looking at it like this. You know, there's a the 40 home run club. Trout, you expect. Bellinger, you expect. Hopefully, he doesn't get to 44 against us this weekend. Um, Yelich, you expect. Alonzo kind of came out of nowhere his rookie year. Got that record. Um, it, the question I have for you is, is will somebody hit 60 this year? Will we, will we see that 60 mark reach this year? I do wonder because, like, the talk's been, you know, all the juice baseballs all year. 
Um, like, I, I don't know necessarily how it works, but like when you start to see this, does someone in baseball go, yo, we got to switch these balls out. Like we got yeah. to slow down <laughs> September, but it's good for the game. It is good for the game. And I get, I mean, I was a pitcher. I, I hate batters, you know, in theory. Uh, it's good for the game. It's exciting. Offense drives women and children to the game. Uh, moms handle the purse strings a lot in a family. It financially makes sense to juice the shit out of the ball like we used to juice the players. Yeah, and it's clear that these balls are juiced, and no one's, I mean, no one has even spoken out against it to be like, no, no way. It's just, uh, it's something else. No one has any type of scientific anything or any other reasoning for why we're seeing all these other, uh, uh, all these home runs more than any other year. And I think we do like Trout is Trout is going to get 60 and he's going to get the MVP um, just because like it's just it's Trout like a juice ball year. He's already got 42. So he's got to hit 18 from now until October. I think he's going to go for it. Um, so I didn't complain about it. Well, because I didn't have really the platform because I was in high school when it happened. Uh, when A-Rod won an MVP for a last place team. But Mike Trout. How valuable is he if his team's in fourth place? Like you're, I don't think you're that valuable. I think if it was best player in baseball, that's Mike Trout, most valuable player. And it's an argument that's going to go on all of you know September, yeah. October. Mike Trout is not the most valuable player because he's not valuable enough to pull his team at a fourth fucking place. I 100% agree with you. There was a, a tweet from... The zone, um, the changeup that they do, they do on the zone, and they said, "Whose career would you rather have, Mike Trout or Derek Jeter?" And I responded to it, and then it started a conversation in a long thread. And I'm like, "Derek Jeter is not even close. Like five rings." I'm like, "Trout might see five MVPs and never see one ring." And we can't compare the two because we're, the, the amount of postseason games we saw Captain Clutch Derek Jeter playing, we're never like I don't care how long Trout plays. We're never going to see him in the postseason as much as Jeter played in the postseason. So he's like an unseen goat. And he'll probably get to like, even if he doesn't get to 60, he'll get over 55 home runs this year. And he'll get the MVP because everyone says, oh, you know, Mike Trout is a generational player, one of the best players we've ever seen, which is 100% true. But you know what else is also true? As good as he is, he's not good enough to pull the Angels up by himself. And they also, as an organization, can't figure out how to put the right guys around him. And they wrote the check. They 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 broke the bank for him this year. And that just makes it a longer time before they get any else or anybody else to come in there and help, in my opinion. So, I mean, I love Mike Trout because he's a Jersey guy. He's a humble guy. He just cares about baseball and playing the game and all that. But so what, dude? Like, I think he's, I think <laughs> like, he's boring. He's not going to, he's not, he's not going to do shit for me. I'm a Yankee fan. Like, He's never going to come play for the Yankees, and we're never going to see him in a meaningful game. Like, yeah, they're, they're, it's going to take them forever to figure it out. Because at some point, uh, what's his name? The Asian guy, Japanese player, Cho Shohei yeah, Otani. Yeah, yeah, Otani. Sorry, I just blanked there. He um, yeah, because he stole a, he stole the rookie of the year last year. So he's at like, some point no he's really got to get paid. Like right now, because he's there on like a minimum. So it's like you have oh, this yeah. great player, this like all star caliber player who's there on a minimum, but he's going to have to get paid at some point. And, and Albert Pujols can't play forever, so that's a, that's a other good player on their team that they're going to lose. Like They got to figure it out, and Trout's just going to be Trout. He, 
He's going to be a five-tool player. He's going to hit bombs. He's going to make these ridiculous highlights, but he's going to be in Anaheim. No one is going to see him. And people wonder why, you know, they, they do the commercial with him and they make the comments about he needs to do more. He doesn't care, man. He's, he cashed out this year. He's going to show up at the uh, Lincoln Financial Field and root on the Eagles and go home to Millville. And literally no one is in Millville. And he'll go down in history as one of the greatest statistical baseball players ever. His, his stats are ridiculous. But he's, he ain't going to win anything. So I, I hope he hits 60 this year so we, we have that to put on his stat wall. But it's, it's not doing anything for me, man. I'll take Derek Jeter over him 100 times out of 100 because Jeter's career – was well, iconic. that was the question was people were asking. Like, what, who's, so dumb. whose career would you want? Mike Trout could walk into a bar in midtown Manhattan right now, and nobody would bat an eye. Derek nope. Jeter can't get through the threshold of a bar in New York without his belt taken off because everyone's going at him. It's just, it's a totally different thing. Millville's the poorest place in the goddamn world. It's just, and it is what it DJ is. DJ no LeMahieu is the MVP of Major League Baseball this year. Oh, yeah, my MVP, your MVP, hashtag DJL MVP. But they're not going to give it to him because his power numbers are not going to be high enough. He's got 21 home runs, though. Surprise me already. So, like, he might get to 30 this year, and, and then what? I, they also we'll, – we'll wrap this up, but I want to I get this out. They also got to change MVP, right? Because LeMahieu is the MVP of the best team in baseball. This guy plays first. He plays second. He plays third. He'll lead off. He'll hit bombs. He gets runners in. His on-base percentage, his um, his batting average with runners on, all of that is ridiculous. But because Mike Trout exists, he won't get the MVP. Yeah. That guy is the most deserving because when he came to the Yankees, they said there was no place for him. There was no starting spot for him. Aaron Boone said, I'll find starting him. Starting all-star. Are you fucking kidding? Starting all-star. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Listen, we're getting worked up about teams that don't matter. We're headed out west. We've got three against Oakland, three against the Dodgers, three against Seattle, hopefully seven and two. We'll settle for six and three. Five and four, I'm probably upset about it. Keith will be headed out there. He'll be at Dodger games Friday and Sunday, definitely, and he'll play coy about it, but he's going to go Saturday. Why else do you fly across the country? If you want to know where Keith yeah. is going to be before the games, after the games, best way to do that, follow him on Twitter, at Keith underscore McPherson, or follow him on Instagram, at Keith McPherson, probably around 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. He'll be, you'll probably get motion sickness watching his story because he holds his camera all weird, but hey, faded. it's a good time. He's faded. He lets you know where he's faded, though. Uh, hashtag <laughs> OT rep. It took me so long to figure out what OT rep meant. Ocean Township. It took me literally like until like two <laughs> weeks ago. And you put that on everything, Keith. Before we let them go, you got anything else for the people? Yeah, we're four uh, reviews away from two hundred. So I don't know. Maybe the the first four people to review and get us over two hundred, tweet at me, and maybe I'll do something cool, something nice for you. I don't know what that'll be, but let's break the two hundred mark on reviews. Subscribe. Rate and send to a friend and say, yo, this is the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world. In the world. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at George's Box Pod. Same thing on Instagram. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Um, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, I think you have maybe two more days. Uh, I would do it before Friday. If you want to come out August 31st, we have breaking news. Instead of the dugout before the game for $69, oh, you're going to get a T-shirt. We are Savages in the Bronx. 
You are going like to get that. a ticket in Section 205 with all of us. You get a beer and a hot dog in the game. And now you're getting, because the pregame will be at Billy's instead of the dugout, at Billy's. We'll have, and you'll find out from through email, there'll be some kind of table set up where uh, you'll check in and you will get two free tickets to get a uh, beer by uh, Blue Point Brewery. They're based out of Long Island. Uh, we've got hopefully some exciting stuff coming up with them. So come out, get some free beers. That's like $20. And then a beer and a hot dog's like pretty much another $20. So for really $29, you're getting a t-shirt, which is like $25. So you're going to Yankee in for four bucks. I mean, come on, do the math, people. Yeah. We'll see you out Simple. there. We'll see you on the 31st. Go to BronxPinstripes.com, fan shop, get your tickets early, get them often. And hey, we'll see you there. We'll see you at the parade. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com